Ignite your curiosity with Austin next. We're watching Austin transform from a thriving ecosystem into a global superstar. With our host, Jason Scharf, we aspire to better comprehend the true nature of innovation. Together, we will uncover what makes a successful ecosystem and navigate the technologies shaping our future. Now let's dive into what's next. Austin is adapting to and building the future in real time. I'm Michael Scharf. We are exploring and driving our transformation into the next innovation powerhouse. I'm Jason Scharf. I'm a bio-researcher at UT to the assembly line worker at Tesla, from the musician on 6th Street to the coder at Dell. And with the founders, funders, and early employees of the next great startup, we are all Austin Next. Austin is more than the live music capital of the world or the latest tech wonderland. Central Texas has a notable and growing manufacturing base as well. Today, we're going to go deeper into this part of our home and try to better understand where our manufacturing industry comes from and where it's going. Joining us is Ed Latson, Executive Director of the Austin Regional Manufacturing Association. Ed's the founder and Executive Director for ARMA, a trade association focused on strengthening manufacturing community through advocacy, workforce development, and networking. Members include some of the largest employers in the area, names we all know, Samsung, Applied Materials, NXP, ICU Medical, National Instruments, but a small and medium-sized companies from other diverse sectors like food and beverage, biopharma, automotive, printing, and metal fabrication are part as well. Latson is active in the community, serving on the boards or advisory groups for the Capital Area Economic Development District, GSG Talent Solutions, Austin Community College, AISD, and the UT School of Engineering. He's a native Austinite and a UT graduate. Ed, welcome. Thank you for joining us on Austin Next. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to the conversation. We are as well, Ed. So let's just start off. How would you describe the overall manufacturing sector here, here in Austin? Like, what do we produce? Well, I would describe the sector as thriving. I mean, uh, Austin uh, manufacturing companies have been doing really well, um, accelerating through the pandemic, really looking at some of the best opportunities in Furnham that they've had in, in years. Uh, we produce a wide range of products, but I think uh, it's important for the audience to know that, that w a lot of it is very advanced technological electronics. You have uh, semiconductors making some of the most advanced chips in the world here, companies firing rockets into outer space. You have people, you know, making blood diagnostic equipment and other folks uh, making some of the best vodka in the world. So it's, it's really unique and it's always fun to walk into a door and see what kind of products are being made uh, with inside the building. So are the products and what we're producing here, is it primarily for U.S. consumption or is it really creating kind of a robust uh, export market as well? Yeah, well, Texas leads the nation in exports, and most of the products that come out of Austin support um, you know, those exports coming out of Texas. We uh, send out a lot of computers and electronics, uh, a lot of semiconductor chips, and then also some heavy equipment. You, know, you think about the tools being made at Applied Materials, which supports semiconductor, are, are being sent all over the world. So um, we're definitely a global player in making a global impact. And so... Kind of a question here, since we have, you know, being the export exporters that we are, how does the kind of the logistical industry kind of fit in with the manufacturing? Obviously, it's not as simple as, you know, comes out the other end of the of the factory. It has to kind of get where it needs to go. So how much does that kind of integrate in our, our community? 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, manufacturing is a complex business. It requires, you know, a lot of moving parts. You have raw materials coming in and then finished goods going out and um, certainly does require a strong distribution network, um, logistics. And, um, you know, we are not the hub that say maybe Dallas or Houston is, but luckily a lot of our products that we're shipping out are smaller. They leave on air freight. Uh, certainly semiconductors ship that way you know, it's, it's growing. We see that infrastructure improving, but you know, it's an opportunity to also mature in that space. I think it's interesting. You said since a lot of it is air freight and I feel like every other week I hear about expansions at the airport. And so obviously that's becoming a key, uh, you know, a, a key hub of how we integrate with the world. Yeah. I mean, uh, inland ports are for real. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate here to have a great airport in Austin Bergstrom international. So who are the companies that we should be aware of that are here, kind of both established and then startups themselves? Yeah, well, I think you named several, uh, you know, in the intro, but we're we're home to some fantastic companies. And I think what most Austinites might not realize is that about one third of our major employers are manufacturers. And uh, it really kind of challenges the conception of who we are. But when you think about Samsung, NXP, Applied Materials, you know, ICU medical, or even companies that have their heritage in manufacturing, like Dell um, Technologies and IBM, you know, these are all advanced manufacturing companies that are, you know, creating some really cool, interesting products. And so kind of, how did we get here? How did the, you know, we become this hub of manufacturing? I said, uh, you know, speaking honestly, it's not something, you know, I will, I think we'll get to the Gigafactory, but outside of that, you know, we, it wasn't something I was kind of fully aware of until we kind of landed here and realized just how much was going on. Yeah, sure. In that space. I think it's interesting. You said since a lot of it is air freight and I feel like every other week I hear about expansions at the airport. And so obviously that's becoming a key, uh, you know, a, a key hub of how we integrate with the world. Yeah. I mean, uh, inland ports are for real. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate here to have a great airport in Austin Bergstrom International. So who are the companies that we should be aware of that are here, kind of both established and then startups themselves? Yeah, well, I think you named several, uh, you know, in the intro, but we're we're home to some fantastic companies. And I think what most Austinites might not realize is that about one third of our major employers are manufacturers. And uh, it really kind of challenges the conception of who we are. But when you think about Samsung, NXP, Applied Materials, you know, ICU medical, or even companies that have their heritage in manufacturing, like Dell um, Technologies and IBM, you know, these are all advanced manufacturing companies that are, you know, creating some really cool, interesting products. And so kind of, how did we get here? How did the, you know, we become this hub of manufacturing? I said, uh, you know, speaking honestly, it's not something, you know, I, will, I think we'll get to the Gigafactory, but outside of that, you know, we it wasn't something I was kind of fully aware of until we kind of landed here and realized just how much was going on. Yeah, we have a long history in advanced manufacturing. I mean, there's some um, core companies that have really put us on the map early. You think about a, a group like Tracor, who was a defense contractor, um, started by a couple of physicists out of University of Texas. And then um, Motorola, IBM, you know, some early major players. But I think there's some pivot points along the way. Um, Dell, you know, founding here, starting up is a major contributor to our advanced manufacturing community. Uh, also National Instruments, you know, coming out of the University of Texas as a um, startup and becoming a billion dollar company, making their instrumentation here. 
these are really big contributors that have ripples today. Samsung selected Austin as a site really because they were close to their, you know, one of the core customers in Dell uh, Technologies. So, and you can see what a major pillar that Samsung is in our community now. Um, so we have a long history as a manufacturing high-tech community, and I think it's only getting stronger. How would you describe the maturity right now of the, the sector? I think it's really maturing well. Um, I think the semiconductor cluster is particularly mature. Uh, we have a lot of suppliers in that space, and you really have two kind of main components of that. You have the fabs, the people making the chips, and uh, all the ancillary businesses that go with them. And then you also have a company like Applied Materials, which is making the tools that go into the fabs to make the chips. So Applied Materials has a really deep supply chain here, but it's different than semiconductor or fabs. Um, it's much more like component uh, assemblies and metal machining type businesses. So both those sectors are doing very well. So I would say that's a mature business. And then, and then we have a growing sector in the food and beverage community. You know, you see a lot of entrepreneurship in that space and uh, some really big successes. Obviously, Tito's is is a great success. You can, you can walk into a bar in Russia and probably find a bottle of Tito's. Uh, but the same with Deep Eddy. You know, Deep Eddy has grown tremendously uh, as a national brand, you know, making an impact. And, um, you know, for instance, Jason, I, I was in Colorado this summer and I saw probably five or six products on the grocery store shelf that were made right here in Austin or, you know, is, is founded in Austin. So I think it's an interesting sector. Um, so semiconductor, food and beverage, and then lastly, biopharmaceutical. A lot of people don't know that one third of the IV bags in the United States are, are made right here in Austin. If that plant goes down outside ICU Medical, um, you know, we have a national shortage. So that, that's also a pretty mature sector and, and something we can all be proud of. Now, I, uh, well versed in that, I actually, uh, for a long time, worked for a competitor of ICU Medical. So I did. Well, you know, yeah. So I was at, I was at Beck and Dickinson. So well aware of uh, fluids and and uh, so obviously I'm assuming that was the old Hus it was Hospira that was here. Exactly, yeah. you're exactly right. But you know, if you're talking about the growth in sectors, and I think one of the things that's going to be really interesting to watch is this budding new EV sector that's coming, and we already see a lot of startups in this space. You know, Vulcan, Arrow, uh, Hylion. And then obviously some major players coming that, that we can talk about a little farther down the road in this conversation. Yeah. So a lot of times when we think about innovation, it tends to be on the product itself. We're making a new chip. We're making a new EV. I'm curious with the cluster that's here in manufacturing, are we actually seeing manufacturing innovation in and of itself, more efficiencies, more that's spreading amongst the community? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I see a lot of startups and people doing some really cool stuff to help drive improvement in operations. For example, you have a company called Sisu Robotics here that's making um, you know ro robots easier to use and you know making them more adaptable to complex processes. Uh, you have another company here called Wilder Systems, which is a startup company in the robotic space that's also focused on you know improving operations. Uh, you know, there's a, there are a lot of folks focused on that. And I, I think is what happens is you have this really mature um, operations community that's well-versed in the challenges and opportunities in that space. And they go and spin off and make startups and drive a new business. And we certainly see that. So I want to get into, at least as we've been following the space here, right? We see quite a few kind of big wins in the last couple of years, right? One, obviously you have the Gigafactory and just 
You know, it's funny when you think about it from just uh, a narrative and people engaged. There's actually a YouTube channel that is a daily drone shot of the it, and I will not lie that my uh, my oldest son and I have occasionally watched and just watched how fast that that kind of has gone up. And you know, at the time of recording this, you know, we're, we're talking about you know Samsung looks to be pretty close to picking um, you know a site in Central Texas for their next uh, their next fab. And yeah, I mean, how do you see kind of one, how do you see these big wins impacting things going forward? And two, like for the why, you know, why are we winning? How are we, how are we to be able to p- keep pulling this up? That's a great question. Uh, you know, um, it's amazing what has happened in Central Texas in the past, you know, five years. I, I will say that it, I think we're all tremendously lucky to be here. This is one of the hottest economic zones in the world. We have a lot of momentum, and a lot of that momentum is in industrial growth. You know, Tesla is, is a major turning point, I think, in this region really because they are bringing an entire new sector to um, our already existing, you know, manufacturing community in automotive, you know, and uh, with this plant, this billion dollar facility that they're building, uh, they're also bringing, you know, uh, a lot of suppliers. Supposedly, there's over 80 manufacturers here looking for 100,000 square feet of space or more right now. So you're talking about uh, a lot of growth just in that supplier base that's going to be supporting the Tesla facility. That's one thing that's going to be huge. It's going to drive it. But another thing is that, you know, with the semiconductor shortage in, in the world, there is a lot of focus on demil- building domestic capabilities. You have Congress unified behind a bipartisan effort to support growth and semiconductors. And uh, the CHIPS Act is likely going to be able to fund some domestic expansion. I really think Austin, Central Texas is going to be at the forefront of some of those selections. Samsung is hopefully going to select Central Texas as the location for their new fab, a $17 billion facility. It'll be the largest foreign investment in the United States. They're, they're already such a significant company here. It's just a, a great win for us to get this investment. But to answer your question, you know, why are we getting this? Why are companies moving here? Um, it, it's a lot of reasons. And one is, you know, Austin's a great place to be. You know, executives want to be here. Uh, it's easy to recruit talent to this area. But the second thing is that there's already a lot of talent here. You have this tremendous university network with University of Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, Texas State, Austin Community College, really able to develop people and get them into that factory working as long also with the incumbent workers here. So if you're starting a factory, one of the, one of the most important things is being able to get skilled labor to run it. And that exists in Austin, Texas. And I can tell you, the growth is not done. You know, we're going to have some major wins on the horizon. I anticipate uh, some major announcements outside of Samsung um, coming down the pipe within the next year. I, I really feel like these these are the you know some unbelievable days for the business growth and in, in our community. That's great, and and it's wonderful to see that happening here so quickly. I want to narrow our focus a little bit, and I want to talk about your organization. Yeah. You look to represent the manufacturing industry here in the Austin and Central Texas area. You interact with governments and with leaders throughout this area and and much farther. First off, tell us a little bit about the founding of ARMA. And then what are the key areas that you guys are working on right now? Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking about that. Um, So, you know, I started ARMA eight years ago, really because uh, I had been overseas living with my wife for her work. And uh, when I came back, I was looking for a project to kind of get started back in the workforce. Got it going. I never thought I'd be doing this eight years later. Um, Just didn't 
even really know what an association director would do, but it's been great work. I love working with manufacturing companies. I love interfacing with the you know policymakers in the in the area. Manufacturers face a couple of different challenges, and one of which is you know workforce pipeline. We talked about all the growth in in the area. We got to be focused on building that pipeline. So we work very closely with the community college and um, other people that can help build that talent pipeline into these companies. Um, that's one area we're very focused. Uh, we're also engaged with advocacy. You know, COVID, Winter Storm Uri, they they presented some significant threats to business, and we are a voice that stands up and and makes sure that manufacturers keep their doors open, that uh, government and policymakers know what's important to these businesses and how we impact the community because it's not just we need to stay open for business. We're doing a big service to. Central Texas and and employing people from all backgrounds. It's very diverse. You know, a lot of sectors hire uh, six-figure salaries with college degrees. We provide uh, six-figure salaries to people with no college degrees. And when you talk about equity and, and affordability, it's really important to support, you know, manufacturing industrial sectors so that everybody has opportunity. So we're working on all these things. We also like to play golf. We like to, uh, you know, host a lunch every once in a while. But um, it's really about pulling the community together and solving problems. That's great. And, and I want to focus in on something we've touched on a couple of times over the course of the podcast, and that's talent. With this growth, we have an amazing need for both white-collar and blue-collar engineers as well as factory workers. You've mentioned Austin Community College. I'm familiar with the advanced manufacturing certificate that they're running. That's great. Is it enough? How are we going to continue to fill these jobs as they come up here in Austin? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned that Austin already has a a really dynamic, strong manufacturing workforce. Uh, It's about 65,000 people right now. But we also talked about all this growth, right? All these companies moving here. I really see us being more around 85 to 90,000 jobs in the next three to four years. So, you know, we're going to we're going to add one third of what we have now. To the workforce, how are we going to do that? And I anticipate there being strain uh, on the, some of the smaller companies. I think the big companies are going to do a good job of filling their open positions, um, but we really need to create backfills for those smaller companies who are, are going to see their folks leave for some of these other opportunities. 